to the Diamond Edition of Parkrun Adventurers. It is episode 60. I'm excited. Scotty, are you here with me? Are you excited? I am. Can you hear me over my diamond necklace? Oh, is that what was all tinkling in the background? Yes, with my diamond earrings and a diamond headband. Oh. I've gone... All out tonight. Have, have you got a diamond-encrusted purse to take that stuff outside? Oh, no, I didn't think that far ahead. I thought the necklace, earrings and headband was enough for our 60th <laughs> episode. I just wanted to try I, and match you. I can imagine you're all sparkly. So what are we going to get up to? I don't know. Diamond did episode. You, did you have a diamond-worthy adventure on the weekend? Actually, I had... I had a better than diamond worthy experience on Saturday. Hmm. We'll save that for another episode, maybe. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's let's hear it now. What what happened? Uh, okay, so for those of you who listen fairly frequently, you would know that my home park run is Kiwana, and that I've been there a lot lately. And I was there again on Saturday, but for the first time in four and a half years, I got to meet. In fact, it's for the first time in forever, anyone got to meet uh, a newly hatched loggerhead turtle on its way down to the ocean. And it was the last of its clutch. And it was just the tiniest, most precious little thing. And it was just making its way down to the ocean before park run started. It was absolutely magic, worth more than diamonds. So this was before everybody got there? No, no, there were a lot of people there and to be honest, the run started about five minutes late because I got distracted before I was supposed to be uh, briefing the volunteers. Bad run director. Um, but I got distracted by this turtle and I was like, ah, this, is, this, this doesn't happen. This is the end of the turtle hatching season and I can't believe there's still one left and the rest of his clutch had kind of gone over the previous couple of nights and there were a bunch of turtle care volunteers there um, making sure that he was able to get out, um, hatch himself and make his way down to the ocean undisturbed and oh, it, it was literally just magic. So yes, there were a whole bunch of other park runners who also got to see him and we, we got a little video and we've got some photos and stuff which we posted on the Facebook page but he was just so little and so precious and did you know only one in a thousand make it? you know, to adulthood? I did. I recently watched a documentary about up north how they've recreated an island because with the rising levels of the ocean, the island that all these turtles are hatching on is disappearing. So, but at the back of my mind... And so was they thinking, had to make one because they always return to the same place that they were born to, to lay their own eggs as well. So Exactly. And all this effort's going to protect these which is fantastic, but the rate of survival is really low. It is, but I, I reckon this little guy, I think I think this was the one in a thousand. No doubt. Did you have any adventures on Saturday, uh, diamond-worthy adventures? I didn't have any turtle adventures, but I crept one event closer to you on the most events table. Yeah, I saw that. You're being very sneaky and quietly doing it. You could blame my wife this week. Although we were always going to go visit a new event this week, but sort of on the way there, we got sidetracked and ended up at a really flat course by the beach as opposed to where we were heading, which was a hilly course in a park. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so did you did you just sleep in and you left late and sort of had to divert or what, what made you change your mind en route? Well, I went to Chelsea. Bicentennial. Chelsea starts with the letter C, and my wife is motivated to becoming a pirate. Ah, love your work, Bonnie. <laughs> Excellent. And so, Ian followed through with our stats that we asked him last week. So we have the final figures. We do, but before we get to those, how, what are your stats in terms of how close are you to the Pirate Club? Well... <laughs> I haven't looked. I don't know. Maybe I've got... <laughs> <laughs> I know I've got one, two, three, three Cs. I know I've got an R, so I'm not there. Okay, you've got but a few I... more Cs to get. 
I'm one step closer after Saturday. Okay. But can we reveal now? Yes, go for it. There are 50 pirates in Australia. Currently. Yes. 34 males go males, 16 females. Hmm, that's an interesting distribution. Yep. And Ian's even broken it down by state. So we've got one in Tasmania. Which is pretty impressive considering none of the events in Tasmania begin with a C or an R. That's a real adventurer. We've got four in South Australia, five in Victoria, nine in New South Wales, 11 in WA. That's obviously because of all their C events. Yeah, but they don't have seven. Oh, no, no, they do have seven. No, they don't. They they don't don't have seven in WA. Well, people adventure. They do. Well, there's more pirates in Queensland with 20. Yeah, that's because we've got seven. Mind you, they're still fairly, um, seven C's that is, and a couple of R's to choose from. They're still fairly spread apart, our seven. So the distance between Cairns and Coomera, for example, that's that's a fair hike. So I'm going to, to sneakily get a Victorian one in instead of, traipsing up to Cairns I think and um, and then I can try and get my last couple of seas in Queensland sort of down toward the coast Brisbane area. So you're not included in that 20? I am not in the 20 in Queensland nor am I in the 16 females so I've yeah I've got four seas and two R's but you only need one R and um, yeah but I'm not too far away. I, I should mention at this point that I'm still one ahead of you in the most events table as well. For those that are counting. Yeah, well, I'm going back home this weekend, so I'm not going to make make it up this weekend. But I've got some adventures planned. Okay. Well, I'm sure I'll see you coming on the most events leaderboard, Scotty. I'll be keeping an eye out for you. But there was another couple of people, adventurers, who had... A bit of an adventurous weekend. Do you want to let everybody know about that? There was. Our national park run super duper fastest time was broken on the weekend by our Olympic team member Liam Adams. He went down to Maribyrnong and smashed out a 14.22. Wow. Would also like to mention Charlotte Wilson also broke the course record there at Maribyrnong. The female course record. What a dynamic duo those two are. And I had the pleasure of catching up with a brief chat with Liam before he headed off to Uganda for the World Cross Country Championships on Sunday. Did you go down with the aim of breaking the record or did you just go down for a hit-out run? (laughs) Uh, It was more of a hit-out run. And the thought um, at the time I was thinking, if I could run close to my training partner's course record, um, that would be a pretty good hit-out run um, leading into World Cross Country Camps. And um, I managed to do that, and I wasn't aware that I'd ran Scott, West Scott's record, so I was a bit shocked at that. So you're all ready for next week? Next weekend is the World uh, Cross Country? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I got some solid uh, good weeks in over the last few weeks and got quite a bit of some good consistency. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely... Um, ready for it and actually looking forward to it. So I'm back back in shape, I, I believe. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> Officially, this was your first ever park run. I've done a couple of park runs and usually I don't have my um, tag. So um, fortunate enough, yesterday I did have my tag. Is that are you, are you aware that people are watching you? Like when you come down to a park run, are you conscious that people are going to watch your time and think, oh... Liam's not running too well. He did a he did a fifteen ten. We don't worry about that stuff. Well, sometimes, yeah. Um, sometimes I might, and I guess there's a period where I was coming back from an injury and uh, really struggling with getting back into the training. And I thought I'd use the park run to try and get myself a bit more motivated and uh, get a bit more of a stronger effort out of uh, my run and. Uh, yeah, I probably ran about a fifteen ten for one of my first runs back in the park run, and I guess I uh, yeah was was a bit aware that some people might be looking at it and 
think that way, but I don't. I wasn't really too fast. It was a. It was mainly a case of I just forgot my tag more than anything. And um, that when you come back from the world champs, is parkrun going to be more of a focus for you, or are you just going to still treat it as a, a casual bit of fun? More of a casual bit of fun. Um, I think every now and then I'll probably try and use a parkrun race to um, as a little tester and see where I'm at and try and run even faster than what I did yesterday. So I think it'd be more so just a bit of fun and a bit of, um, like, as a training session and stuff like that. Last one, Aaron Baddeley's got the world record at 13.48. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that is very, very quick. I, I remember hearing about that and uh, how he broke Mottram's record of 14 flat, I believe. Um yeah, that's very quick. That's that's the type of time that you run on the track. So, yeah. um, he must have been absolutely flying that day. Yeah, I, I don't know. It'd be very tough to go sub fourteen on okay. on road, but who knows? Maybe 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 we might try and give it a crack at some point. How's that? Well done, Liam. Nothing like a little bit of friendly competition to um, encourage you to break a four-year-old record accidentally. Nice job. And you know what he did? He broke it by one second. Which is perfect because you don't want to overdo these things. No. So plenty of room to just break it by one second next time when he comes back. (laughs) Now we'll keep talking about it. Because people have that kind of control when you're running (laughs) sub-15 minibar runs. (laughs) It was interesting, a couple of the uh, on-hand reports of just watching Liam like what that actually looks like to run that fast. We see it on TV at the Olympics and various events and Nitro and stuff. But when you're actually seeing it at Park Run. In the flesh. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that timekeeper's happy it wasn't a 59-59 day. <laughs> could you imagine? Yeah, I could, actually. <laughs> and you'd be getting the angry email from the first finisher saying, this was actually my time. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, can you adjust the records? No, we can't. <laughs> it wouldn't be fair to everybody else. <laughs> Come back and try it again next week, or, yeah. or when you get back from Uganda. He was actually pretty chilled about it, so he didn't really know he was. He did it and didn't really go out to do it, so I think he's got a bit left in the tank for another assault. We'll see how, um, how many people take that as um, throwing the gauntlet down now. They might be all headed to Maribyrnong. Yeah. Now that it's the fastest course in Australia. It already had a reputation of being one of the fastest. So get along to Maribyrnong if you want to run fast. It's where I've got my PB. So Liam and I have got so many things in common. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you better be careful. You might be mistook for twins, yeah. mistaken for twins. Yeah, maybe not. A couple of weeks ago, one of the big events that kicks off the trail running season took place and it was the six foot track marathon, very big popular event. And the female winner this year was Marnie Punton and she's joined us on the podcast this week. Hi Marnie. Hi, how are you going? Good, we're good. Firstly, congratulations on your win. Uh, It was a couple of weeks ago now. Have you recovered? How's the recovery going? Yeah, the recovery is going really well. I think. uh, the first two or three days was difficult to move. <laughs> Couldn't really walk, but um, after day four, I was good to go. Just doing some easy running and then back into full training on Monday. Yeah. So six so, foot. I've heard a lot about it. It's a trail run. It's completely trail. You run, You do some river crossings as well. There's plenty of elevation. Can you just describe the type of run it is for our listeners who might not be familiar with it? Yeah, so it's um yeah, it is a trail race and um it has a lot of downhill but a lot of uphill in it as well. I can't remember the exact elevation. Um I guess the good thing or the different thing about six foot is that it's 
kind of the terrain is as it is that you can run hard on it but there's nowhere that you can go easy on it and that's why I think road runners and trail runners kind of meet and that's what's so cool about six foot um it's not like a a kind of a, a mountain goat kind of course and it's not a road course it's kind of where those two two kind of specialties meet which is yeah really really cool but lots of uphill lots of downhill and lots of um battering on the body do you know where it gets the name from? Because every time I hear six foot, I think of Bigfoot and Yetis and all those sorts of things. Yeah, I think it's um, the original. Uh, I think it's the original trail to Janolan Caves, and it's. Um, I know. I think it's to do with the size of the carriage that had to go through there. I'm not too sure, but um, it's yeah, it's to do with the actual when it was first formed. I think. Yeah, I have read the history, but <laughs> not recently. That's all good. And what about the distance? What kind of distance are you looking at? So the um, the race itself is forty five kilometres. Um, so uh, I guess it's classed as an ultra because it's over that forty two. So yeah, forty five. And is that a bit longer than you're used to? What's your background? So my background is actual. When I was a junior to early twenties or late twenties, oh, about mid twenties, I um, did steeplechase on the tracks. So I've actually come from the track. Um, but I also did a bit of mountain running as well and um, kind of in the off-season when cross-country would be, I'd do mountain running. So as far as distance, it's a lot longer than I'm used to, most definitely. Um, I had a few years off while I um, kind of focused on the family, having kids, and have only just got really back into running probably the last year and a half and I'm up in the Blue Mountains and there's a I guess I've always wanted to kind of progress to that marathon distance and there's really good training opportunities up here and I met up with Brendan and um, the rest is kind of history. Now I'm focused on doing, yeah, the marathon type distance. Yeah, definitely not what I'm used to. Took a bit of training to get there. Can I just ask, it might be a really stupid question, is steeplechase the same as hurdles on a track? Is it just a a different name for the same thing? (laughs) <laughs> no, different. Um, so steeplechase is uh, you have four wood barriers. Um, they're 76 centimetres, but they're the non-movable barriers that extend across a few lanes of the track and it's run over three kilometer, uh, three kilometres, uh, 3,000 metres. And then there's all, obviously the fifth jump is a, is a water jump at the um, uh, generally at the corner of the track. So it's more aligned with what the horses actually do in steeplechase. There's one water jump per lap and, and the rest are, are wood. There's three, four other wood jumps and you, yeah, and it's a middle distance event. So lots of strength and that's why um, it's kind of enabled me to be able to run hills, I think, yeah. It never ceases to amaze me the random things that people make up to do, you know. Oh, well, it's not hard enough to just run on a track let's put a couple of jumps that aren't going to move so you'll totally can your legs when you're trying to get over them and hey let's put a water one at the end just you know <laughs> it's a great event I recommend everyone try it it's awesome I, I think that would be particularly fun <laughs> that's my kind of track event um but I digress so you've been training with Brendan how long have you been training with him for um, well, I noticed on Facebook we've been friends for one year. So I think, um, so I met him at six foot last year. I had only mm, been getting into running probably a few months before um, six foot last year and um, I had a few injuries and I met up with him at the finish of six foot as because I watched it because my brother did it and said, I want you to coach me. So I think kind of he's been coaching me for pretty much smack on a year yeah 12 months and first year out and you come home with a bit of shiny bling yeah very excited very excited it was kind of one of those races that I missed out on I really wanted to do it coming back into running I missed out and um, I really wanted to win it kind of make amends for last year has Brendan been taking most of the credit for training you up to, <laughs> after being with you only for only 12 months Probably. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I think he, um, he's, uh, he's, I'm happy for him to take the credit, but um, uh, no, he's a 
Very good like that. The Up Coaching crew is doing really well lately. And Brendan loves park run. And uh, I imagine he's sent you out to do a few park runs over the past 12 months. How have you found them? Yeah, great. So I've done, I've only done, um, I do, I run a, the Regatta Centre. I do, that's got a park run. There's also a new one in, because I live in Glenbrook, so the base of the mountains. There's a new one at um, Nepean Park Run, which is cool. Also Lawson Park Run I've done. And also go, I go to Canberra a lot, so I do Gungahlin Park Run. We use parkrun as a test of where our training's at with our speed. And, um, yeah, I think parkrun is always programmed into my, into my program. Uh, I don't necessarily do them every week, but every few weeks I definitely do. And I think, they're yeah, it's a really um, amazing race to be able to just, you know, if you need to knock out a 5K race, you can just you can go down to your local event, which is awesome. There's a bit of variety in those parkruns you mentioned. You know, Penrith Lakes is... <laughs> dead flat um garlands around the big lake there so you get a bit of variety at least lawson a trail park run yeah it's a trail park run penrith they alternate um they've got multiple courses the regatta center it's definitely my favorite it's my favorite if i want to go out and run as fast as i can i definitely love to do the the lap of regatta i think it's yeah it's one of my favorite and so what's next money you've you've just you know, cleaned up at six foot. What? How do you follow that? So um, I guess we're using six foot as um, kind of a strength building phase and now um, the focus essentially is just purely on the road marathon and seeing what I can run. Now that I've had a year of training under my belt, a huge kind of endurance build up and strength build up, now it's to the road and seeing what I can actually produce over that marathon distance. So Gold Coast is the next um, next A race that I'm, I'll be looking at doing. And you've been building up your endurance, your, your strength all this time. So will your training alter slightly now that it's going to be more aimed at the road or will you continue doing roughly what you were doing and just change your shoes and what you're running on? Um, no, there's a big change. Um, Brendan is really focused on specificity so whatever you're preparing for you kind of run over that that particular specialty so it'll I'll just be on the road um a lot more longer repeats a lot higher intensity and not as many hills but still doing some trail um but yeah the focus will be purely on I think mostly running on road and longer repeats, higher intensity, most definitely. With trail running, the intensity is not as high, um, obviously. Um, so, yeah, a lot more about hitting pace brackets. <laughs> Marnie, that all sounds full on. So you've got a hard couple of months coming your way. Yep. But good luck heading into Gold Coast. We'll keep an eye on you and hope you do well there. Thank you. to Tassie for a little while so we're a bit excited now by our next guest who is joining us. He is the event director at Devonport Park Run. His name is Ben Brockman. Ben, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, g'day. Thanks, Mel. Thanks, Scott. Thanks for uh, having me on. So tell us, what's what's the latest from Tassie? We haven't been down to visit you guys in a little while. Uh, yeah, I guess it's um it's all go. Business as usual in terms of uh, the park run, I think, as far as Devonport goes at least. So uh, you know, we're getting um, some big numbers through the first part of the year, which is really, really exciting across uh, all three events, I think. So, um, yeah, it all seems to be going pretty nicely at the moment. But it's not actually business as usual for you on the weekend, is it, Ben? Because you had to cancel. Well, yeah, we did, actually. We did. Yeah, yeah. so not business as usual at all. What, what do you do when you don't have parkrun to go to on a Saturday? Well, I, uh, I'd normally find another one, uh, but Launceston, of course, is an hour away but uh this week I, I opted for the uh the sleep in and the um the cafe the local the breakfast at the local cafe so i uh missed a park run this weekend which is a shame was the sleep in worth it oh it certainly was yeah oh, really? <laughs>
There's been a lot of running lately, so it was uh, it was nice to have a sleep. It was uh, a real shame miss park run. I'm trying to uh, uh, you know avoid missing park run too much, but um, it was a nice sleep in. <laughs> well, tell us about your journey to get uh, Devonport up and running and to where you are now. How have you enjoyed the experience? Yeah, certainly have enjoyed the experience. It's uh, it's been brilliant to um, to be involved with park runs. So uh, I guess I first became aware of park run. Um, you know, a lot of years back, listening to Marathon Talk with Tom and Martin, and so of course they're always talking about uh, parkrun. And so I was wondering what this this amazing thing they're after every Saturday morning was. Uh, and then it wasn't long after that that um, uh, the Launceston parkrun popped up in my Facebook news feed, um, and that was going to be launching soon. So uh, headed out to Launceston for the launch of that uh, back in what it would have been November 2012, I think. Um, yeah, and so, you know, got out and did a couple of runs in Launceston, but, you know, it's an hour away, so certainly wasn't heading out every Saturday morning. Uh, but, you know, there wasn't one in Devonport, so that sort of led to the, the bit of interest in setting that up, and, um, you know, that's always a bit of a slow process, I think, to start off with until, you know, got together with a group of, um, you know, other people that really came to see a park run uh, start up in Devonport, and then um, things flowed from there, so... You know, we launched back in uh, May 2015, so it's been um, you know, a really exciting thing to be involved with since then, for sure. Your parkrun's got a name that gives a bit of a clue as to its location in terms of geographically in a town or what might be there. Can you tell us a bit about your course? Yeah, so it's, uh, it runs all the way along the waterfront. So we basically start at the local uh, Surf Lifesaving Club, and we follow, we basically follow Bass Strait for the first kilometre heading east. Uh, then we turn at the mouth of the Mersey River and head for another what, 1.5 k's there until we uh, we hit the turnaround point. And so the our turnaround point is basically opposite where the uh, the, uh, the Spirit of Tasmania comes in, um, the ferry that goes between Melbourne and Devonport. Uh, yeah, so then we just spin around and head back. So it's just an out and back course, uh, which is great. So plenty of uh, high fives and encouragement out on course, which is great. And, um, you know, not too complicated for visitors either. And, um, you know, right beside the water the whole time. So we think it's pretty uh, pretty scenic as well, which is great. I was lucky enough to do a freedom run of your course. Uh, gosh, it must have been a little over a year ago now or almost a year ago. And it, the, it was a little bit windy when I went. It was pouring rain. And I had horizontal wind pushing the rain in sideways, so there was no chance that I was not going to get absolutely saturated by the end of it. Does it have a bit of a headwind being on the water most weeks, or is it not usually so bad? Yeah, I think you uh, you picked a pretty rough day that day. I think I offered to um, to have a run with you, but luckily you were running in the middle of the day, and I couldn't get out of work, so I didn't have to, um, <laughs> to run in that rubbish we weather. So, <laughs> that was great. Um, look, yeah, it's, it's often a, a headwind, um, usually in that last K, um, as you're heading, uh, west again towards the finish line. Um, you know, some days it's not too bad, but there's usually a little bit of breeze, which is good. Just, uh, test us all out make sure we're nice and strong in that last kilometer. It's always, it's always beautiful though, you know, can be sunny and, um, you know, look pretty. Just, uh, there's always a little bit of a headwind, often a little bit of a headwind, at least not, well, I won't say always, but. The wind's usually thereabouts, so it's a pretty exposed sort of a course, but beautiful day. And what about the people of Devonport? Are they aware of parkrun? Is it popular amongst the town, or are you still growing? Yeah, we've been growing pretty consistently since we launched, um, which is sort of surprising that we've kept, kept on growing. Um, but I guess that's the same with you know, probably most parkruns about the place. Um, and so what the town, the population of the town, I think is about 25,000 people. And we've got something like 1,800 registered runners, uh, averaging 150, I think. But um, over summer, we've been getting well over 200 each week. So, uh, you know, we seem to be growing all the time. And, um, you know, most people I talk to around town seem to have had some sort of awareness about parkrun at least, which is really, really exciting that, you know, the town seems to have got behind it. And, um, you know, it's it's great. I'm really, really uh, impressed with the way that Devonport's got behind parkrun. So, you know, it's really exciting. It is exciting. I've got the feeling Tassie's about to blow up, as in more events. People are going to be hearing and talking more about parkrun around Tassie. Do you know any of the inside word? Are we going to see some new events down in Tassie soon? Yeah, I've not heard anything 
formal, I don't think. Uh, I haven't spoken to Chris for a little while. Chris Tim's the, the TD down here. Uh, I know there's a few events in the works. I think there's about six events in the works at the moment. So I uh, hope we can see those up and running soon. And, um, yeah, I think there's certainly plenty of interest in parkrun. We've you know, got lots of, of running events and you know, a lot of runners in Tassie as well. Uh, so I think there's plenty of scope for it to um, to be a really big thing. And uh, particularly along, you know, the northwest coast where I am, we've got, uh, what, probably seven or eight little towns that are all separated. You know, it's, I guess in, in Melbourne, that all be suburbs and you might not see as many park runs through there and even, you know, probably Launceston and Hobart are a bit the same, but we've got all these little towns across the coast here. So I think, you know, there's plenty of scope for each of those to have their own event, which would be, uh, you know, really cool to see. And I think, um, yeah, I think there's certainly interest in, um, in people doing those events as well. So hopefully uh, we can get those up and running, get the, uh, the required funds to, to get that happening and, um, yeah, see some more Tassie events. I am super impressed that of a town that has a population of 25,000, you've got 1,800 registered participants. I mean, that's like 14% of your population, which has got to be pretty impressive in terms of, you know, nationwide what the percentages are of local populations that are participating in park runs. So great job there, Ben. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. I'd love to see some uh, some Ian Hay stats on um, registrations related to uh, to town populations. I think it'd be really interesting to see. Um, and I think some of those regional events would probably have uh, bigger percentages, I guess, than um, than some of the big city ones. But yeah, you know, we're certainly excited by um, you know how well the the Devonport community's got behind Parkrun, and you know, lots of walkers, lots of runners, um, which is great to see. Now, you do have only three events currently in Tasmania. Are you a statesman? Yeah, certainly am. I think I've, uh, I've done each event. I think Launceston I've done the least amount of times. I've done that six, I think. So uh, I would have been around the state at least six times. Uh, and I've probably done – I would have done over ten in Hobart. Uh, I've got lots of family down in Hobart. So if I'm not running or, or volunteering in Devonport, I'm often down there. So, uh, yeah, and then – 20-something runs in, in Devonport. So, um, yeah, certainly a, a Tassie statesman. And have you hopped over to the mainland to do some adventures over this way? Yeah, I've done a couple of runs. Only uh, I've only done one event officially. I've done Albert uh, three times, three times I think now, maybe four, uh, including the, the Nitro Park Run a few weeks back. Uh, I did Coburg Park Run uh, before the Melbourne Marathon, but somehow as I was uh, – Navigating my way onto the tram, I dropped my barcode. Uh, so that was a, uh, an unknown runner there for me that day, which is a shame. Um, but, yeah, so I've had a couple of runs on the mainland, which is great. Oh, it hurts when you forget your barcode, doesn't it? My husband forgot his barcode a few weeks ago at Kiwana, and there was no way I was adding him into the results. <laughs> that's right. It's uh, no barcode, no result. That's, uh, that's the way it is. So we've all got to play by the rules, don't we? Exactly. But of all your little travels around, have you got a top three that you can give us? Yeah, so if I'm allowed to include it without having a, uh, an official time, uh, Coburg is definitely right up there. I know, Scott, you had that in your top three last week. Um, it's just a beautiful course. There's a really nice feel to the event as well. Uh, you know, we've obviously grown a fair bit and we're getting a couple of hundred people each week, so it's nice to be there with 60 people, they're all friends, and, you know, we went back to the, the cafe afterwards and there must have been, you know, 15 of us in there or something like that. It's one table and that's a quarter of the event was all sitting there um, afterwards having a coffee. So uh, just a great feel, just a great day and, um, you know, it's nice to sort of just jog around and enjoy the scenery uh, before we race the next day, which is really cool. Uh, I've done a few international runs as well um, with a couple of times when I've been over to, uh, to England. So... Uh, definitely have to put Bushy Park Run uh, on the list there as well. Um, you know, it's certainly really, really exciting to to get across to the home of Park Run and um, and have a run around at Bushy. That was certainly a, an awesome experience. And I think I'd have to include a, a Tassie Park Run as well. I can not. Um, so Hobart Park Run, I think, uh, is a really, really beautiful course. Uh, challenging being hilly, which we don't get at Devonport or uh, or Launceston. Uh, and, you know, growing up in Hobart, used to run around the dam there a lot. So, you know, really exciting to get back to, um, to run a park run in Hobart every now and then. That's a pretty handy top three there, Ben. 
No, to add Bushy in the list, that's a, that's a bit of a privilege. Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast and sharing your adventures from Devonport. I hope to catch up with you next time you're in Melbourne to run a marathon. Yeah, sounds great. I'll, uh, I'll be up on the Gold Coast or the Sunshine Coast in a couple of weeks' time, so hoping to uh, add Kawan to the list in a couple of weeks. So Be sure to let me know when you're coming and I'll make sure I'm there. Yeah, I certainly will do. <laughs> Good morning, Scott and Mel. This is PK underscore PK or Paul Kitching checking in from Mount Barker Park Run in South Australia. It's been a while, so I thought I'd uh, send you through a bit of a roving report because uh, it's our third birthday. And Excuse me, and what a great uh, morning it is. Sorry, just having a few gulps of water before we set off. Uh, I've just come over and found a quiet spot to say g'day. Uh, it's uh, great to see so many people getting amongst our green theme. We decided to go with the theme of green because, of course, it was uh, St. Patrick's Day yesterday, the 17th, and we figured that a lot of people would have uh, something green to wear. And sure enough, I've seen Mel, you'd be very pleased to know there's lots of people dressed up. There's uh, someone in a onesie I see, there's someone wearing a tutu. Um, um, lots of war paint going on. I myself have got uh, a green headband, green war paint and a green t-shirt promoting uh, a mate who's doing an awesome bike ride across Australia called the Indian Pacific Bike Challenge. Yep, sorry, not such a quiet place. I decided to come out to the car park, sorry. Um, a car going past there. Uh, anyway, so yeah, um, where am I? It's an awesome... I, I know where I am. I'm in Mount Barker. <laughs> and it's our third birthday. Uh... I'll try and make some sense soon once I've had a run and a coffee. But um, lots of things to celebrate today as well as our third birthday. Uh, but we'll uh, let you know about those real soon. Happy Park Run Day, everyone. We'll chat after the run. Cheers. Well, that was a lot of fun. We are now at the cafe after the run, you know, the most important, well, not the most important part, but one of the equally as important uh, parts of Park Run as the run or the uh, taking part in it. <laughs> um, I need a coffee, clearly. Uh, I've got Charlie Butler here. Charlie is one of our excellent uh, volunteers who takes photos and video. Uh, Charlie, g'day. Hi, how are you doing? Great. And now, mate, uh, tell me, uh, what were you doing today? I saw you, you're, you had a bigger camera with something fluffy on top. What, 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 what were you up to today? Tell us all about it. Um, so today I was doing a video in recognition of the third birthday, and the fluffy thing on top of my camera was a microphone. <laughs> um, awesome. It, yeah, it didn't look alive, so I'm glad it stayed where it was. Well done. Uh, it's often been confused for a furry hamster. <laughs> um, mate, you've been doing some great things. Uh, thank you for all the awesome uh, photography. We have some great photos. I know lots of park runs have, or most park runs have awesome photographers. Um, you've also recently been uh, involved with uh, some other uh, video work. Tell me more about that. Uh, so recently I was involved in Tropfest Junior, which is a short film competition in Australia. I was one of the 16 finalists. Unfortunately, I didn't win anything, but it was a great experience. Mate, I'm sure it was awesome and I'm sure it's just the beginning of, of a great career for you. So well done, mate. We're going to go and chat to some others, but thank you so much for everything you do for Park Run here at Mount Barker. Awesome. Thank you. I'm very happy to be involved. Good on you, Charlie. What a legend. Let's go and find some other legends. Okay, so uh, I found uh, some other park runners. We're actually at the, the cafe after our third birthday and I'm here with Tracy. G'day, Tracy. Hello there. Uh, Tracy is my sister-in-law, um, one of the many people that I've convinced to, to join our cult, I, I mean our clan um, here um, up Mount Barker. Um, it took a while but, I've, but uh, we got you going and now you're addicted I believe. Absolutely, this is number 22 or 23 for me awesome. today. And you've brought other people as well? Yes, I've brought my partner, friends, cousins, yeah, a whole slew, at, at least eight that I can count. I love it. I love it. Yeah, we were, um, we were pretty pleased today. We actually hit our record, um, two, 290. Woo! Woo! Smashed so, it. Smashed it. Smashed, I think the last one was 240-odd. Yeah, so really smashed it today for our third birthday up here. Um, what brings you up here? Because like, like a number of all our friends, we travel quite a distance to get to Park Run. Um, why do you come to Mount Barker? Uh, Got to come where the family and the friends are. It was lovely to do a bit of Park Run touristing last week, and we took a dozen or so of us down to lovely West Beach, but... Uh, yeah, got to come back home for the uh, home run. Indeed, yep, yep. We do love it up here. The community is beautiful. And uh, we had a nice celebration. Uh, we're now having fun in the cafe. We're eating lots of cake that we totally deserved. Totally smashed. Totally smashed. And we had paces today. I don't want. I was the forty pacer. I don't want to talk about the fact that I came in yeah, at forty-one. I, I don't want to talk about that either. 
<laughs> but no, we, we, my my PB ran off into the distance. <laughs> yeah. See ya. Anyway, we all had a lot of fun. I'm going to go and um, chat to Greta in a minute uh, once she's finished doing um, smashing all the results through the computer. Nice, nice. nice. And we'll see how we hanging uh, out for that email. Hanging out for the park run email. Alrighty. Thanks, Trace. Thanks, Paulo. Okay, now I, I've saved the best for last, of course. I've got um, Greta Wilkinson. G'day, Greta. Hey, Paul. How you going? I'm great. Um, Greta is uh, one of our excellent run directors here, but not only run director, also one of the or the co-event director. And recently, I believe, um, the, the new territory, one of the, sorry, joint territory directors here in South Australia. Yes, that's it. Congratulations. John Laurie's been doing a, an awesome job um, up, uh, and he continues to do a great job. And John was uh, with us today. Uh, but South Australia is... Um, is growing, uh, the park run community is growing, and so I think um, we needed to have uh, someone else to join the fold. Is that that's basically what happened? That's it. Yeah, we're getting really busy, and there's lots of new park runs wanting to start up. So there's three territory directors now: John, myself, and the lovely Lorraine. Of course, Lorraine. Sorry, not not forgetting lovely Lorraine. Of course, so Lorraine. Greta and John are all um, helping us uh, park run adventurers um, and fans enjoy everything every week. Um, and today, um, uh, celebrations, um, how did it all go? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was brilliant. So we had our third birthday at Mount Barker. Lots of people dressed in green. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, we also celebrated um, Cormac, one of our junior runners. He did his 100th park run today. So we, um, yeah, we put on a good celebration. Sure did, yeah. 290 people here, a record turnout for us again, and we're also um, pleased to get um, a little something in the post um, this week um, thanks to the money raised. We did, we got our defib this week, which was fantastic, so we we raised the money through um, through donations, so thank you to everyone who donated. So we've now got a defib. Yeah, which is brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah. It's, a, it's a great park run. Um, you've been do, you've been involved with park run for an, a while now, no doubt. Yeah, a couple couple of years and a, about a year doing event director, but um, a couple of years involved in um, in park run. So yeah, just love it. It's the best way to start the weekend. Yeah, it sure is. What's well, great to see you and all your family out here. It's wonderful. That's what I, another thing that I absolutely love about Mount Barker is there's so many families that come up here and and all the kids and um, the parents get in, get involved. Which which is so good to see. And yes. congratulations also on uh, the award that John gave you today for your oh, um, you. contribution to the community because you certainly do a lot of the, you know, as a lot of the uh, RDs and, well, uh, event directors and territory, they do so much work behind the scenes that we don't even see to, to bring us this every week. Um, so thank you so much on behalf of um, Parkrun for everything oh, that you do. You. Thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. I must admit it's one of the things that, uh, that really gives me a lot of joy. So. Thanks so much. That's us uh, out of here. We've had a great day today. Um, thanks, Scott and Mel. Uh, uh, you guys keep doing awesome things, as will we, and um, here's to all, many, many more awesome weeks at Park Run. Cheers. Over and out. Thanks again, PK. Loving your work. Some great interviews. And I'm, I'm impressed with old Charlie. Charlie's our um, 14 or 14-year-old 14 cinematographer at Mount Barker, producing some fantastic videos. Have you, have you seen them yet, Mel? I don't. Wait, did Charlie do the no, not the um, the mannequin one? Charlie did that, but he's produced a couple more over the past couple of weeks. So if you want to see some really snazzy parkrun videos, head to the Mount Barker Facebook page. I will do, and you'll see Charlie's work. Now, once again, no launches this week, but we've got a couple of anniversaries. And where are they, Mel? They are at the place that people get called Manja Muppets which is in WA at Manjimup Park Run. They're celebrating their second anniversary. And Riverway in Queensland are celebrating their fourth. That's going to be great. I was at their second anniversary and it was a very toasty weekend. Good fun though, dressed as a Ninja Turtle. I've freedom ran Riverway and I reckon it's one of my favourite park runs that I've run. Ah, oh, they've altered the course just a little bit recently so you'll have to head back up oh yeah just it's it's much simpler it used to be a little bit convoluted the map um i mean it makes perfect sense if you're not super fast and you're just following the people in front of you but if if you were trying to do it as a freedom run i'm surprised you didn't get lost actually when you were doing it no i did oh okay (laughs) (laughs) well there you go now it's much easier to follow so you probably wouldn't get lost in last week's episode, we were all over Twitter. This week, I've chose Instagram. 
as our social media platform of choice to dissect from the past few weeks. And we've had heaps. We have. Let's pick out some highlights. What do you got for me? Well, we had uh, Tesla Fox, who said a new parkrun adventure for the first time in a while at Darabin, and this was quite a sight to see. Heading off on my warm-up run. Pretty happy with how my pacing went for the parkrun proper. Did you see this photo, Scotty? I did. So this was a photo of four hot air balloons on the oval next to where Darabin starts. Firing up for the morning. I guess because you guys are still daylight savings down that way, it's um the lighting was beautiful behind the hot air balloons as well. And they've got the whole, you know, flame lighting up the balloon situation going on. So pretty cool. Yep. Dr. Scott Watkins spent the morning doing a free 5K run with the Soul Flyers pitching Park Run Korea to local running legend Jim Bates. So the president... He's trying to get Park Run Korea up and going. I reckon he's got some personal interest in doing that. <laughs> I think he has too. I think he wants to run a Park Run every week. He's over there. Yep. It's a worthwhile cause. Keep it going, Dr. Scott. Macalicious21 said, Awesome moment this morning when I was able to unveil a brand new defibrillator to my park run at Lilydale Lake. Thanks to everyone who contributed via the crowdfunding campaign, especially Yarra Rangers Athletics Club, who matched donations during February and contributed $505 towards the $2,000 total. How awesome is that for a local athletics club to pitch in? Hmm, that is great. The defibs for Parkrun campaign is going well. It's definitely a success. It is. It's good to see more defibs getting out there. Big Running Bear had a great morning to get out and do my first international parkrun at Western Springs in Auckland. A scenic and winding three laps around the lake with plenty of friendly locals and wildlife. Good adventuring, Big Running Bear. Yeah, I need to get over to, to New Zealand. I think that's where... That's possibly where my first international park runs are going to happen. Up and active, AU. They spent the morning doing a nice 5k run measuring the proposed bright park run course. The perfect location for an out and back. This is some more exciting news. It is. Would it snow in bright in the winter time? Look, I don't think it would snow. I think it would get very cold. Okay, is it a little bit too low down? Because this bright is very close to where we took our dogs for our snow adventure a few years ago. I mean, we did drive up the mountains and stay in um, Dinner Plain, the Alpine village there. But I would have thought it would you'd get snow in bright too. And so, because do we have any park runs in Australia that get snow in the... Oh, Armadale did once. That was a bit random though. Because in yeah. New South Wales. I think it was a bit freaky and, of course, Stanthorpe. But it would be cool to have an event that, like, legitimately, regularly gets snow during the winter in Australia. Look, I'm no expert on Bright's climate, but I I don't think it would be a regular thing. Okay. To get snow there. But let's just hope it gets off the ground. Athletic Powerhouse had a post arriving at Nambour Park Run. Woo! Nambour is one of the faves of our parkrun everybody, adventures, yeah, Everybody wants it? to get to Nambour, don't they? <laughs> now, here's another one. Iconic Trails had a fun day out in Cleland. Cleland parkrun views. Ruse needing a rescuing and hills. Plenty of hills. Now, I had a look at the list of events and Cleland parkrun is not on there. It's on. It's, it's, so in, de- on? it's in development. And I would pronounce it Cleland because mm. it's not got two E's. Cleland. Yeah, wouldn't you? Okay, Cleland. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Cleland Park Run. So, yeah, so if you want to know where all the park, the future park runs are coming, check out our Instagram account because so far we've already launched Korea, Bright, and Cleland. <laughs> and they're not on the map yet, officially. <laughs> but people are excited. And wrapping up Instagram, the Run Beyond Project. They were at Rhodes Park Run, and Rhodes Park Run is always in need of volunteers to ensure each run goes smoothly. Today, David Criniti, founder of the Run Beyond Project, did his bit and gave back to the, park, the Rhodes Park Run event. 
A big thank you to all those who give back to their local park run events by volunteering. This amazing initiative is not possible without your help. This is correct. And good to see the Run Beyond project still going strong and still giving back to park run. Well, it's lovely to have social media back on the board. I like your idea of just choosing a particular one to focus on, not trying to spread ourselves too thin. Hmm. Perhaps next week it'll be Strava. Because let's face it, if somebody doesn't tell me what's going on, I've got no idea what's going on on Strava. <laughs> you know what? I checked into Strava. I'll give you a little preview to next week. You got if you want to get on that leaderboard, my God, you've got to run. Yeah, I think we've got last some week, series K's happening. If you wanted to get in the top one hundred of the Parkrun Adventurous Strava Club, I think you had to run like 36 K's in a week. Ooh, that's yeah. on, so that's on the low end. Yep, if you do thirty K, okay. you don't even crack it. Huh. So you wouldn't you wouldn't appear, Mel, I'm guessing. <laughs> um, don't I still come up in a news feed if I do a run, though? I just don't go on the leaderboard. Yeah. I've never been on leaderboards, so I'm not, I'm not particularly fussed about that. But people could still check me out in the club. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do all that next week. Were I to upload any of my runs. Yes. That's one club. That's the Strava Club. Should we bring back Club Corner? Yeah, we've got we've got a bit of a yeah. Let's do it. Okay. It's time to bring back Club Corner for the 2017 year, and we're going to start off with one of the coolest sounding clubs, and have a chat to Nick from the Wooters. Woot woot, Nick. Woot woot woot. <laughs> <laughs> I tried with the woot. I'm not, I'm not a wooter. But um, I am familiar with your brand. Tell us a bit about tell us a bit about the Woot Woot for starters. All right. Well, it kind of oh, I was just a bunch of friends messing around one day. We kind of already had the name, the Wooters, and I don't know. There's a well-known brand that sounds quite similar to Wooters, and we realised that <laughs> we might be able to maybe borrow their well logo for a bit, get some shirts printed, and um, have our own little running club formalized. Um, so then from there, we kind of, because the O is around the owl's eyes, we have one of our friends just kind of said, oh, we could put a, like, do the OK symbol with our hands, put it up to our eyes. I don't know. It just kind of came out at that point. It was like, wood, wood. If you can visualize that. I don't know if you can visualize it, but yeah. We don't need to visualize because this one's all about the sound. I think you're one of the few running clubs that actually has a sound that you make. Yeah, it's quite recognisable too, and I think it kind of brings people together. You often see people running past and saying, like, saying it to each other, and yeah, kind of, especially at Park Run, it's quite noticeable. Can we go back to the logo and the name for a second, Nick? Um, you mentioned that it closely yep. resembles another brand, a little bit of a controversial brand. How does that sit with all your members? <laughs> well, yeah, I, don't, I think it's kind of a bit of a joke, really, like kind of a um we haven't thought about it too hard i would say we used to have a very similar shirt like it was the white shirt and it was almost exactly the same although in singlet form um and then yeah we did a bit of a redesign of that a couple of years ago um and that was to bring out the orange and make that the dominant color so yeah i I guess if you don't look too closely at it at the moment you kind of just see the orange yeah no so you'd never know so we're moving away from that connection yeah, yeah, I guess I guess we are uh, a little bit. It was we'd kind of toyed around with using other logos and things at times as well. And I guess it's just so good to have the owl with the O around the eyes. <laughs> and where does the owl come from? So why why owls and wooters? I don't know. Why did this other brand use it? I'm unsure. But it just kind of stuck. And then like we've just kind of gone with the owl theme a little bit. And there's been all kinds of crazy little owl. I guess memes happening throughout the group and then also we've had like a little owl (laughs) toy that we've passed around at times while running and I think there used to be like a little owl trophy that somebody bought at an op shop somewhere Um, and that was going around for a little while. It it became kind of a thing. This is probably me showing my naivety. Does the other brand use an owl as well? (laughs) 
I am quite sure we just took the logo as is and changed an H to a W. <laughs> <laughs> okay, gotcha. Well, I hope see, this doesn't go out to many people here. No, no, that doesn't. That actually makes sense to me because for me, owls hoot. So yeah, that's right. As opposed to wooting, so I can understand where they made their connection from. Um, yeah, I'm probably going to get laughed at a lot about not knowing that in the first place. But that's okay. I used to live in what we call the pubic triangle in Scotland, and um, it was between three such establishments as the one um, that we're talking about. In an apartment block, I didn't live in one of those establishments, but yes, there was a nice little triangle of them where I lived. So you would think I would know better, but I don't. I, I like I like that you've adapted something that already exists and changed it to your needs. Now back I would like to go back to the sound. It it might make more sense at Park Run because you're runners and other people would be aware of your club. Are you ever just like running around the street and see somebody that you recognise as a fellow club member and you just woot at each other and there are random passers by who just wonder what the hell <laughs> happened? Uh, I would say all the time. Um, I literally had that happen to me this afternoon when I was running. I ran past someone, knew they were a member. We both weren't wearing the shirts, but we went to do the wood wood. <laughs> I fived after that as well. And then on our way, like didn't even really stop. It was just a little acknowledgement and yeah, kind of, it's that community feel, I guess. So you're a fun club. That's the vibe I'm getting. That's the vibe of the club, just to have a bit of fun. Don't take running too seriously. Yeah, that's right. And we've got a whole like range of members, like some of them are, you know, quite fast and quite competitive. And then we've got some uh, other kind of walk slash runners and then everybody in between, I guess. There's kind of, yeah, a whole range. But a lot of our events are geared a little bit more towards having a bit of fun. Um, we do have a weekly intervals session, which we have called Wootables, which is short for Wooter Intervals. Um <laughs> That's been running for a few years now on a Monday evening, and that just kind of, yeah, brings a whole range of people. So we've kind of adapted that so that it's not just, you know, fast runners shooting off everywhere. We run it based on time, so everybody runs the same amount of time. Um, but And, you know, they go different distances and things like that, but we try and do it in ovals and things like that so nobody gets too far away from each other. Um, yeah, so we, we're kind of really aiming at the everyday runner, but, yeah, we've got all, all ranges. And you're based in Newcastle. Do you have members around the country? I think there are kind of people who have come to Newcastle or heard about it via Newcastle um, and then have bought singlets or something like that and, and do run around at some of the other events. Um, but I would say most, like the majority of members are in Newcastle. Yeah, it seems to be kind of a thing that actually people come, like people who arrive in Newcastle and maybe don't know too many people look up running clubs in Newcastle or running in Newcastle and find us on either on Facebook or our <laughs> little website that we put together quickly. Um, and then, yeah, kind of come along to maybe one or two of our events and get to know a couple other people. It's kind of a way, like a one of those ways that people form networks, I guess, when they get to a city. And so what do people have to do? If they want to join your club, what do they have to do to get in on the officialdom of it? <laughs> there isn't too much to, to kind of join. You just request to join the, the Facebook group that we've got going there. Um, and we're not super active in approving people, but it normally happens at least once a week, if not more often than that. Um, and then we do a bit of a welcome to everybody who's just joined. And, and yeah, you you got to get the woot mastered, I guess, which doesn't take too long, but does require enthusiasm. So that takes a little practice, especially while you're running along and maybe puffing a bit. Um, and then, yeah, basically you're a wooter. Um, we do do a shirt or singlet order, I guess, once a quarter. I think that kind of happens. But, yeah, you come along to the events, you change your parkrun club to wooters. Yeah, it's kind of an unofficial type thing. If you claim you're a wooter, then I guess we just say you're a wooter. Well, no barrier to entry. That's good. So anyone can be a wooter. Nick? Thanks for joining us on Club Corner this week, this month, and good luck with the Wooters. Woot woot! Yeah, thanks guys. Woot woot woot! That was our platinum, no, it's not platinum, it's diamond. That was our diamond edition of the Parkrun Adventures podcast. 
I think it was worthy of a diamond episode. Next week will be 61. Is it worth even looking up what 61 would be? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think they make it. No, oh, they would. It would be. It would be something like um, plastic grocery bag or something like that. They have some very random, very random things. But yes, no. I, I'm not sure. Sixty-one is a milestone by any people like to make the round numbers milestones. Have you noticed? Hmm. You know, it's it's never the sixty-ones that have their day in the park. No, you're right. There's not a sixty-one milestone shirt. Could be we could take it that way though. Maybe the first park run adventurous shirt has to be a random number that we just choose. <laughs> Our favourite episode. What's been your favourite episode so far? Oh, I wouldn't know what the number of it was. I'm not sure. We've we've been doing this a long time now. Or it feels like a long time. <laughs> not really. It's only 16. See you all next week. Ready, ready.